It's like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. All right, Driscoll, in about 15 minutes. Looking forward to that. Irish breakdown. He tried to give you money yesterday. He came on this show and said, here's the free money. Take Peabody plus ten and a half. Cosby Counterman. Make it a triple popcorn, and Bill, I about had to go to the neighbor's house for one of those psychedelic mushrooms post-game. That was awful. <laughs> hey, Bill, before we get in the game, I was listening to the top of the hour news there. Um, that death toll over there in Turkey and Syria, Bill, 17,000 and climbing. They probably can't even really count it. And I just heard some guy on the top of the hour saying that the temperatures are below zero over there. Oh, no. That's awful. Yeah. Hate to, hate, hate to start on a downer, but we yuck it up. But sometimes things are more, more important than sports. Hey, Bill, let's, I do uh, want to talk about this ball game, though. I Thank God I hung back. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I, you have to say I kind of saw this coming, unfortunately, a little bit. Tennessee hasn't been playing well. But um, they're, the only bright lining I can see in this, silver lining in this, Bill, is that definitely saves Stackhouse's job. I can't imagine Stackhouse getting fired now. No, because what it been since back to 2017, Vanderbilt had not won that game. And, uh, no, that's true. That's true. I guess you heard this stat, Bill, that uh, Tennessee is 1-5 uh, at Vanderbilt, ranked in the top ten, going all the way back into the 60s, Ray Mears. I can see that. Yeah, I guess that's where Memorial Magic comes from. We saw some last night, didn't we? Yeah. When they kicked it out, it was – Vanderbilt hadn't had that kind of magic happen in that gym in a long time. Well, Bill, first off, when, the reason I mentioned uh, psychedelic mushrooms, all that freshman had to do was dunk the ball and the game was over. Uh, of course, Vescovi misses the front end of the one-and-one. And, one. and um, TV never really showed whether he got the ball off or not. They're saying the, the dude got the ball off in the corner. They're saying on the SEC Network, one-tenth of a second, Bill. One-tenth of a second is like blinking your eyelash. Usually if there's like less than three, four-tenths of a second on the clock, either they just call it a game. I'm not sure that the dude got the ball off. It, you know, Tennessee didn't deserve to win when you play that dumb, but uh, – as Don King says, only in America, right? That's why we watch sports. Did you take the plus ten and a half? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I got a bookie bill. I, I called a little uh, fifty-dollar bet in on it. But uh, I think, I'm just happy. Thank God I hung back. That would have been a long drive back to the pretty side of the plateau. I, I don't think popcorn would have done it, Bill. I might start drinking gasoline, whooping <sighs> some gas or something. My my son was sitting there on the couch. He's a big Tennessee fan, and he was screaming the whole time. He just knew something bad was coming. (laughs) Hey, Bill, uh, one last thing. A lot of people have been commenting over here on Rick Barnes last year at Texas. Texas started the year number 10 in America, rose to number 6 in December, got beat by Kentucky in an SEC Big 12 challenge. They fell all the way out of the pole, Bill, to right now into early February, right where we are right now. Barnes stumbled into the tournament as 11 seed. Lost, I think, Butler a six seed in Texas Camden. I think it could get that ugly. Do you really? You think they would can regular season Rick? 
Yeah, I think Danny White, Danny White didn't hire him. Problem is, it costs so much money to fire these coaches. It's like too big to fail now. Yeah. These coaches, these contracts, most of these schools don't have the money. But, uh, I mean, Rick Barnes, we've seen the guy, the wheels totally come off on that dude. That's why Texas fired him, never forget. And you look at what Tennessee – Tennessee had – they should have had the one last night. They got South Carolina in every other game's losable. I mean, it could get really ugly. I mean, they were just ranked number two. Bill, I just told you. That's what happened to him his last year at Texas. He fell all I the know. way out of the pole by early February. So you think that could happen here? Did, did that team look to you like it's a that's a top ten basketball team? What you saw last night? <laughs> no. <laughs> did that team look? I mean, come on, did that team look like it was beating Alabama? The hell, Alabama might beat them by like a big Peabody. <laughs> Alabama's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> well, we, we might get live bomb and we'll get the whole crew, won't we? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Tree Spiker. We'll get up, Doc. We'll get live bomb in town. We could get wild. Hey, Bill, this is a football show. Uh, they're talking about uh, Heifel's unloading. Uh, uh, he, he's promoting within on his OC. I just don't know what to think about that. If anybody else but Heifel, I'd say that's pretty dumb. That's what Fatmer did was kick Randy Sanders upstairs. How'd that work? You're talking about elevating Joey Halsey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Joey Heifel Hazel. Keeps, yeah, yeah Heifel keeps promoting in-house. That'll usually get you fired when you promote your buddies. Yeah, but that offense is his. Yeah, that, that. yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand that. But that's what Fulmer did. Fulmer uh, promoted Randy Sanders, got him fired. Yeah, well, this, this, there, there's no Randy Sanders under. There's yeah, nobody yeah, that incompetent. Bill, Bill, it is Heupel's offense, but you got you know the Kendall Browses of the world are out there. Um, I just, I'm not a fan of ever uh, uh, promoting in house. I know you got to keep some of these dudes happy, but you got all that money. You got the whole world to choose from different ideas that you promote in-house. I mean, where are you on that, Bill? Don't you think, generally speaking, that's a, that's a bad idea? Why is there always a train in the background? <laughs> well, Bill, you know, uh, I'll just tell you, after that ball game last night, I might be living under a bridge. That's pretty rough. <laughs> Those psychedelic mushrooms can mess with you. Hang in there. <laughs> I see you. You ever uh, go to those videos of Popcorn Sutton? That's up there around where Cosby Cattleman lives. Popcorn Sutton, you probably know the story, is a legendary name in the world of moonshine and bootlegging and having a still somewhere out in the woods and all that. Well, you can go to these videos. They're all over the place where it shows him. It shows him, you know, in the process of making it. And it's, it's a very technical thing. I don't think I'd be any good at it. And there's also some videos of his last uh, adventure before he committed suicide. They were going to send him off to jail. He got caught again. They're going to send this old man off to jail. So he, they found him. I think it was on the eve of going to jail in his truck, old truck. And I don't know how he did it, but but he was piping carbon monoxide in there. He, he died of carbon monoxide. Because he wasn't going to go to jail. But anyways, Cosby says he's been around those areas. Now, now, some of his apprentices or something under him are now doing the same thing. up. I don't know if it's as widely uh, policed as it used to be. But that's how he would make a living. Selling that. And, and could make really good money. And 
no telling what proof that stuff was. I know he, he was working on one. I was watching a video a while back, and he said it was going to be about – he said this is going to be about 190 proof. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Now, beer is what? About – what is beer? Five proof? Four proof? Somebody help me with that. He's got some stuff that is 190 proof. Anyways, the legendary Popcorn Sutton. 2014 Ohio State, Josh in Picktown versus 22 Georgia. Who are you taking? Um, let me think this out. Georgia would be favored. Ask, uh, i tell you what. Remind me tomorrow. I'll answer your question like I always do. But remind me tomorrow to ask Brad if he would if he could book that game. What would the spread be? Georgia would be favored. I'd take Georgia. I think I think Georgia top to bottom would be a better team. I would. Yeah, I I, I would. I, I would take Georgia in that game. I'm guessing Georgia would be favored by about seven. Now, again, I'm not your bookie uh, set-the-spread guy, so my number could be ridiculously bad. Just warning you about that. But Georgia would – but no question they'd be favored in that game. Again, that's a Buckeye team lost early to Virginia Tech. Everybody gave up on them. I kind of did too now. I mean, I didn't think they were going anywhere. Got hot, got hotter. Ended up with a quarterback that wasn't playing, played fantastic. I mean, the whole thing was it was a it was a cinder well, not a Cinderella story. Buckeyes aren't Cinderellas, but it was a story of just who saw this coming? Incredible story. But no, Georgia would be favored. And if if I had uh wager, I would I would bet on Georgia there. Irish Bill, I wish Tommy Reese all the best at Alabama last season, though I think his play calling was inconsistent at best. Yeah, and some of that might be, again, the limitations they had at quarterback at times. Now, I thought his play calling was pretty good, except for that one pass that went for a pick six 100 yards at the end of that South Carolina game. That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. And you saw me talk about it right when it happened. But I thought overall he called a really good game. And he's going to have, I'm assuming, Ty Simpson's going to be his quarterback. And uh, they're going to – but they need to be better. They need to get tougher at running back, which I think they will. Offensive line tackle to tackle needs to be better. Receiving core needs to be better. That's what he's got to deal with. Yeah, that's what he's got to deal with. And I think I think he'll do a good job there. L-Dog, Bill, tell Cosby not to worry about hypo promoting from within. It's the offense, if it's similar to Kirby promoting from within, defensive coordinator Mel Tucker, Lanning, Schumann, Muschamp, it doesn't matter. It's Kirby's defense. Same with hypo. It's his offense. Yeah, I'm not. That's, that's not a thing. Uh, Tennessee offensively. They've got everything you need. Now, the other side of the ball, that's where your problems are. 
I would be more worried about that side of the ball. New talent coming in, and again, they're bringing in. They got transfer portal kids. They've got a DB, former Vanderbilt DB, coming in from BYU, but was at Vanderbilt prior. He's from Austin, Texas. They've got a BYU linebacker coming in. A uh, who else? Oh, an Arizona State defensive lineman, two offensive linemen, a tight end, a receiver. The uh, Dante Thompson kid from Oregon. He's from D.C., but played at Oregon. That kid could be a phenomenal receiver in Tennessee's offense, along with what they have coming back. Now, they do lose two potential first-rounders at wide receiver, but. Josh says, Bill, Buckeyes like being underdogs. Pisses them off if they play better. Yeah, I mean, I wish we could play a game like that. That'd be an interesting one. Yeah, this this Georgia team is more complete than that Buckeye team. As good as they were and as, as well as that season materialized, that'd be tough. Now, here's the question. What about LSU 19 versus Georgia? 22. That LSU offense was better than this Buckeye offense. That's there's one for you. All right, Brian Driscoll when we come back. Omni Nashville Hotel. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. Try the Tender Mac Bowl meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. What happens to your decision making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more, and calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You can win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
And now, some big news from WINN. The new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's a Bill King Show. Of course, you know what kicks in right after recruiting, and it accelerates, and that's knucklehead season. So God knows what happens, who it happens to, when it happens, but if you're a fan of whatever school, it's coming your way. Knucklehead season always sprouts up. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. got the exculpatory evidence on college sports. It's Bill King. Brian Driscoll, Irish breakdown. Well, as you've heard it here many times in the past, if you're an Irish fan, keep up through him. Also watch the podcast, which is pretty much daily when they can get it, it usually starts around noon, 1 o'clock. I always get confused, Brian, because we're on Central Time here, and I, I think South Bend on, is on Central Time, which I know it's not. Confuses me every time. Yeah, it used to be Central Time, but it is, it is now Eastern Time. So, yeah, we usually start about 1 o'clock on the Tuesday to Friday, and then uh, we have 2 o'clock shows on Monday and Saturday. And we added a new 6 o'clock show now with a, diff- a new host we hired from a local radio station that does a 6 p.m. show. So we got lots of stuff going on in our podcast channel. And those that start, you know, noon, 1 o'clock, those things go about three hours. Yeah. Well, you know me, Bill. I like to talk. So, and then we do a mailbag at the end, too, because, you know, we really like building the community and getting people to ask questions. And, you know, we talk about what we want to talk about, but we also want to give the people a chance to, you know, for us to be able to address the things that they want to talk about. What's going on with the offensive coordinator search? You know, it's been very interesting. A lot of rumors. All of them have been kind of uh, BS and fake, obviously, at this point in time. You know, you know how Twitter is. But, look, Marcus Freeman right now is looking for a guy that, that is going to come in and, and kind of create some continuity. It's, it's not so much continuity like, hey, we're going to hire from within, but, you know, someone that can kind of come in and, and keep building on what they've already done. It's, you've got to be someone who's balanced. You've got to be someone that can run the football, somebody that – you know, is going to be able to fit the personnel they have. He's been able. He's reached out to a lot of people. They they started kind of vetting candidates. You know, sort of the last few days. And according to the intel I got last night, I I do believe I'm I'm not ready to say who yet, but I'm comfortable saying there was at least one candidate on campus yesterday uh, for an interview, and I expect more to happen over the next couple of days. So it's going to happen pretty quickly. Uh, at least from a standpoint of finding the guy. Now, you know, Notre Dame is Bill. They they don't always, you know, uh, announce things right away because of all the red tape. Thanks, George O'Leary, for that one. But I do expect them to have someone kind of who they're going to have within the next week or so. These are always done in a clandestine way. Sometimes legit items do leak out, but this one's been really quiet, to me at least. Well, I think most, I think part is because people have just been chasing their tails on the wrong people. You know, yeah. there was the Byron Leftwich thing, which was not even remotely accurate. The Brian Johnson thing wasn't remotely accurate. And I think part of it, too, is, is because Notre Dame is 
kind of went through this process last year with some different coaches. And I think Marcus Freeman's circle of people that is a little smaller maybe than it was with Brian Kelly, which is probably a good thing as far as who actually knows what's going on. And, and uh, you know, I think the other thing too is, is some of the coaches that he's, he's going after aren't necessarily from big time programs or their potential leaks on both sides. Cause like with the Sam Hartman thing, for example, you know, I got told that Hartman was going to be the guy, and I was asked to kind of keep it quiet, and I know at least one other person in the Ernie beat was. So it didn't break from us. It breaks because the people on the Wake Forest side, right? And so, uh, you know, I think some of the coaches he's looking at aren't necessarily from places where there's a, a big, you know, media contingent that is looking this kind of thing up. Uh, but I do expect some stuff to start kind of coming out in the next 24 to 48 hours. And, and Hartman's comfortable, right? I mean, they're going to – He'll marry up with a new guy, and that should be a pretty seamless transition, correct or not? Well, correct without having a name, right? Like, yeah. I think there's a thing, Bill, where you can say, hey, look, I'm on board no matter what you do, and then a hire is made, and you're like, hold on a second, right? Like, you know, you, you hire Ken Niamatololo, who's not a candidate, but I'm just making a point, right. and Sam Hartman may be like, hold on a second. That's not really a fit for what I do. Right. But as of now – he will be, and based on the fact that Notre Dame is looking for someone to kind of continue what they are already doing, pro style, making sure that the tight ends are being used effectively, make sure you're able to run the football, throw the ball down the field. Those things are all going to fit what he does. And I, and I wrote an article this morning. A big thing too that I that I believe Marcus Freeman's looking for from a couple people I've talked to is really an emphasis on finding someone that can develop the quarterback position. As you know, Bill, that's been a big stumbling block for Notre Dame for a while. I think that's an important thing, and, and it's not just Sam Hartman. Keeping him as happy is important. But the other big piece to this is just, just as important as making sure you find someone that C.J. Carr is going to be on board with. Because I think those two kids, to me, along with Kenny Minchie, are the that's kind of the keys to the future of quarterback at Notre Dame. You and I have talked about Tyler Buckner. Will he sit through all of this? You know – I don't know Tyler very well, nor his family. Um, everything that I have been told is that he's going to stay on board, but that was with Tommy Reese being here. I think the big unknown is is who do they bring in and what that what's that conversation yeah. going to be like. You know, I think if you're Tyler, you look at it from the standpoint of because of the COVID or because of the injury this year. Excuse me, he's still he, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore next year because he did play as a freshman, played in almost every game as a freshman. So if he sits behind Sam Hartman, he'll still have two years to play. Is he going to be willing to do that? I don't know. He was when Tommy Reese was here. I don't want to say he still is because I don't know. Uh, but I think anytime you get this kind of move and you bring someone new in, it's going to shake those things up. You know, when they sit down with this guy, what are they going to tell Tyler? What are they going to tell Sam? What are they going to tell Kenny Minch? What are they going to tell Steve Angeli? I don't know the answer to that. Um, and, and I'm sure there's going to be people calling because Tyler's a very talented player and he showed in the, the Gator Bowl that, you know, when he's on, he, he's a he's a big-time playmaker. And so there's a lot of teams still looking for quarterbacks. So I would imagine that there's going to be some people hoping that he changes his mind after the spring. You have been objectively critical about the defensive front and recruiting. You you think this freshman group, the class of 23, has potential. Don't know if one of those guys is an immediate impact guy, but, but you like the possibilities there. But you still feel like they're, 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 pulling up short in the overall chase at that position. Yeah, I, I mean, look, anytime you lose a guy like Keon Keeley, it's a huge loss. And then, oh, yeah. you know, when, when Al Washington was hired, they were in a great position with Jason Moore from DeMatha, and he ended up, he ended up going to Ohio State. So it, 
Look, Bill, the thing is, is, is you and I both know you can find elite players that are three stars or low four stars or high ceiling guys and those type of things, right? But the reality is if you have a lot of those low floor, high ceiling guys, the success rate of those guys panning out is much lower. So when your entire class is built of those kind of players, yes, they all individually have very high ceilings. But one of the advantages to the, the more proven – this is what I say about five stars. They're not necessarily going to end up being better players, but I feel like with some of these guys, like a Keon Keeley, with guys like you know that, that Dante Moore, players like that, that there's, the, the floors are so much higher as well. And there's a level of, well, I feel like I'm at least going to get this from them. And Notre Dame has had some guys come in that, you know, like Jalen Smith and Manti Teo that were five-star linebackers. They panned out great. Well, then there's Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who was a much lower floor, high ceiling guy. He also panned out great. But there's been a lot of those guys that were like him that didn't pan out because those high ceiling, low floor guys, the, the success rate is going to be lower. And that's all they really landed last year. And so that's kind of my concern is they're very talented players, but the, the odds of all four of those guys going from low floor to, to reaching their high ceilings isn't great, and, and that's the issue. And the defensive line coach didn't even recruit two of those guys. The recruiting coordinator did. And so that's really a lot of where my, my concerns come from. The name Justin Scott's coming up a lot, so I'll just throw that one at you too. What's the latest there with the class of 24 kid out of Chicago? Notre Dame's still in a good, very good place there. You know, he was ready, I believe, and from all of our sources indicate, that he was ready to commit to Notre Dame at the end of January. Decided he wanted to slow things down. He was never – so here's the interesting thing. He was never planning on committing on January 31st. He got kind of – you know, motions got the best of him a little bit with some of the things that Notre Dame was pushing. Not pushing, like, him to commit, but just some of these things that they were doing, getting out to see him, the love they were showing him. And so he decided – kind of do it and then I think he kind of was like you know I, I'm speeding it up a little bit too quick so it's not anything Notre Dame did wrong I think that they and matter of fact the whole thing is something that they did right but then he realized hey I had a plan I want to get out and see some places and from what I'm told from my sources in Notre Dame they completely were on board with that as because of what they went through this past year where they got a very Keon Keeley was the first kid to commit to Notre Dame or second kid to commit to Notre Dame in that class uh, and then we saw what happened Peyton Bowen committed very early to Notre Dame we saw what happened. So their whole thing is, if you need to take visits and then decide later, do it. Because we want to make sure that when you jump on board, you're solidified, you're done, there's no more visits, and you're ready to be a part of what we're doing. Now it's about closing. Because right now, Bill, everybody knows if you want Justin Scott, that's the school you got to tear down. And that's kind of what they're going through right now. Brian Driscoll, Irish Breakdown. Lots of Bama fans want to hear your thoughts on Tommy Reese and that addition. Well, he's a he's a you know a guy with a lot of potential and tools. You know, Tommy's a very smart offensive coordinator, very smart offensive mind. Uh, you know, this past year, it's kind of hamstrung. Your best receiver gets hurt before the season. Your starting quarterback gets hurt in game two, and and there were some really great games and some in, some games where you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. And that's kind of been Tommy's mo the last three years is when he's on and he puts together a good game plan and. I mean, he just they, – they didn't throw the ball at all against Clemson, and Clemson still couldn't figure out what they were trying to do with the run game, with the different motions and using overload formations and then, you know, using 12 personnel with motions to run duo and all these different things. It was really a brilliant game plan without the ability to throw the football, not just because of Drew Pine, but it was like 30, 40-mile-an-hour wins that day. And then there will be games like Stanford where you're just kind of scratching your head saying, you know, what is happening right here? I think a lot of that comes from the inexperience. So – 
you know, I, I think that hiring Tom Reese to me signifies that, that, that Nick Saban wants to try to get back to a little bit more of what they used to be, which is a more balanced offense. If you break down Bama's numbers this year, the overall rushing numbers were good, but they padded those numbers against a lot of inferior opponents. In the bigger games, they didn't always run the ball that effectively. And you're watching Georgia, who's a much more balanced. Georgia is what Bama used to be. Nick Saban went away from that. It's it's you know it's still working. It's still a very good you know it, uh, program. But Georgia's doing what Saban did back in the day, and they're winning back-to-back championships. And I think he understands that. Yes, we've got to be pro style. We've got to throw the ball. We've got to score points. But we have to be able to run the ball. That's what Bama's got to be. And when you watch what Notre Dame's done two of the last three years, they've had a great running game two of the last three years. And I think that, to me, it signifies that he wants to get back to being a little bit more balanced. And I think that's probably a wise thing. Tommy's young. What is Tommy, 30, 31, something like 31, that? 31, yeah. Yeah. Is Obviously, Nick is, is a tough guy to work for. But will Tommy be okay there? Tommy can get feisty himself, right? Yeah. I think that's why he would work with, with him. Look. If you go back and watch some of the exchanges that Brian Kelly – remember back in Brian Kelly's early tenure when he was always getting in trouble for just going nuts on the sideline? Well, right. who was primarily the guy that caught most of those verbal lashings? It was Tommy Reese, who was quarterback, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. And what, 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 what the re, part of the reason Brian Kelly loved Tommy Reese so much is because Brian Kelly would give it back to him. That's why Brian Kelly liked Tony Pike at Cincinnati because he would go off on him and – you know, Tony Pike would kind of give it back to him. And, and back then, Brian Kelly kind of liked that. You know, he wanted that fiery, feisty quarterback to kind of come back at him. So, you know, I think Tommy knows what he's getting. I can say confidently, Tommy knows what he's walking into. And, and like you said, he's a pretty feisty guy, too. Uh, I think he thinks it's, he can handle it. I mean, no one knows, right, until you're actually in that fire with Nick Saban in the middle of a practice or a game. But it, it's not going to be something that Tommy Reese isn't used to. Brian Kelly was always hard on his assistant coaches and always kind of getting on him. And he got on Tommy a lot more as a quarterback than he did as a coach. So um, I think he knows he's getting into. We'll, we'll see if he can handle it or not, right? But uh, he's not walking in there um, not not knowing that Nick Saban is, hard, is a hard guy to coach for, I can assure you of that. Got about a minute. Have you thought about this irony? It came up the other day on the show that at Arizona State, you've got Drew Pine and Jaden Rashada competing for a job yeah i mean Jaden rashad to me i'm not sure if he's a guy that's going to be a ready to play right now guy super right. talented kid big arm big you know got the nfl size but he's still pretty raw you know so i think you know drew pine is kind of going to be that placeholder until they feel Jaden rashad is ready will that be this year i don't know uh but i i do think financially it's not going to be as good for him but i do think he's going to a place that's going to be able to better develop him as a quarterback. And I think that's going to be more important long-term financially than getting that immediate boost. I never got the fit at Miami or Florida. So it, it's, it's, he's had to go through a lot of ups and downs, Bill. But honestly, I think in the end, at the end of the day, Jaden Rashada found a place that, that has a much better chance of developing him as a quarterback and as a young person than the place he was going to. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's going to ultimately be a good thing for him. Brian, tell everybody how they can get your content. Irish Breakdown, everything we do on our podcast platform is Irish Breakdown. If you go to the Irish Breakdown YouTube channel, and, of course, irishbreakdown.com is our website. Trying to make it as easy as possible for you to access our information. You can find us on all those platforms, YouTube, podcast, and our website. And all of those will have links to our premium message board where you can get all the intel that we have on the coaching service. All right, 30 seconds. I'm putting you on the spot. This came up about 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Georgia's 22-team, LSU's 19-team. Who wins? LSU's 19 team. 
I mean, did you watch what Ohio State did to Georgia in yeah. the semifinal? That's what we were – yeah. That's on steroids in Correct. the 2019 LSU team. LSU teams got more of what Ohio State has. Right. Correct. Georgia's past secondary is not great. Even if you break down the championship game, there was a lot of guys open in that game that Max Dugan just missed. Joe Burrow doesn't miss them. No. <laughs> Neither did those first-round wide receivers either. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. And Brian, thanks, man. running back. Yep. Good, good talk to you, bud. Thanks for having me on. All right. Brian Driscoll. Maybe, I mean, I'd love to – let's play the game, man. Let's play the game. Well, they did play. Yeah, but I, we're talking about the 22 team. Yeah, we're talking about the 22 team. Never know. It's a good conversation to have, though. Wow. Okay. There you have him, Brian Driscoll. I told you. I I thought he was he's, – he's solid on Tommy Reese. Tommy can be feisty. Pull up the video and audio of when he's chewing out Drew Pine. Like I said, I think it was in the cow game. I mean, it was it was locker room obscenities at the highest level, right there on that uh, headset. No, it's just going to be fun to watch, man. I'm excited about it. All right, take the break. Omni Nashville Hotel. Nation. Make some big Memphis noise and don't miss your Grizzlies this Friday at 7 as they battle the Minnesota Timberwolves for their annual HBCU night celebrating Black History Month presented by Pinnacle Financial Partners. Arrive early as the first 5,000 fans will receive a Grizzlies scarf. Get hyped, get ready for a star-studded show and secure your tickets by calling 901-888-HOO or shop online at grizzlies.com. From Middle Tennessee's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, Nashville Sports Radio. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic is happening on March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. And this year, it's a doubleheader. For nearly a decade, the City of Columbia Parks and Rec Department has showcased the most highly attended women's college softball matchups in the state. The 6th Annual Mid-State Classic kicks off their doubleheader at 1 p.m. with the Bucks from Motlow State taking on the Chargers of Columbia State. Then at 5.30, the Austin B. Lady Govs battle the Lady Vols of the University of Tennessee. Tickets to the 6th annual Mid-State Classics are only 10 bucks and are on sale now. Motlow State versus Columbia State. Austin P versus Tennessee. Wednesday, March 15th, starting at 1.30 at the Ridley Sports Complex in Columbia, Tennessee. For tickets and information to the 6th annual Mid-State Classic, log on to ColumbiaTN.com slash Mid-State Classic or call 931-388-8119. That's 931-388-8119. The 6th annual Mid-State Classic. 
Hey, Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dreams. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. Your content is that Amy went to Mike and said, is this guy okay with you? And, and he gave it the stamp. I sure hope that she went to Brable and got his input about Carthon. Oh, I'm sure uh, she yeah. did. But I mean, yeah. you know, you're saying if he said, no, nah, I don't like this guy, keep looking. Yep. She would have kept looking. I, no doubt in my mind, Patton. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. He doesn't know everything about college football. Mm, yeah, he does. It's the Bill King Show. What's the weather down there? Uh, 77. On the way to what, 80, 90? Yeah, 82 today. I was in Miami. I just got back from Miami last night. It was 83, 84 down there. Wow. You're going to have to start paying property taxes in Miami. You're down there too much. Well, I've been on the phone all morning. I got like four or five big projects down there. I'm going to find me an RV park somewhere and rent a spot for my bus for a couple of months. I'm going to spend... Probably two months down there, unfortunately. You're going to be down there for two straight months. Yeah, I'll come home on the weekends. Wow. <laughs> I got to make that chicken nugget money, man. That's true. That's true. You know, it won't be long to be chicken nugget season. I mean, if they're charging you 50 bucks a nugget, you got to work for that. And you got you to gotta hustle. You know, people tell me all the time, oh, you own your own company. Listen. On your own business, and you know it like I do, it's a seven-day-a-week hustle. No question. Yeah, there's you no talked about the helicopter helicopter thing earlier. Yep. A couple summers ago, there's a dude at the sandbar who's got a helicopter, a small one. It's got like an inner tube on it where he can land on water. And uh, he flies over the sandbar, takes pictures of the boats. Then you go on his website and buy a picture of your boat. A couple summers ago, we're all out there hanging out. He comes flying over. He crashed the damn thing. 
luckily, you know, shallow water. But the damn thing, when it crashed, it flipped over upside down. The Coast Guard station is right by there. They came, the cops came, and the two guys in it were okay. But that damn thing crashed, man, fair and square. Wow. Now, does he still do this, or did he give it up? No, he still does it. Turn that little thing back over, and I guess he got it fixed. He's still doing it. I wouldn't, get my, I wouldn't get my big fat butt back in it again. I know that much. Yeah, that's not my thing, man. I just I don't get it. If if I was a coach and everybody's out there flying these copters like Kirby is, you know, various coaches do this. I don't know that I could do that. Well, they do it to impress those kids. You know, they comes in and lands. You know, wow! But a lot of some kids have never seen a helicopter land. Most people haven't. You know. Right. Yeah. My uh, when I was a kid, my dad was a tile. He was a tile layer. In the big community college down there in Montgomery, they put all the tile in there. And, and he, he was down there for like a year, I mean, a long time. I was a really long time. And we were staying in a motel there, my mom and, and me and him. And uh, the superintendent had a little small helicopter with no doors. And I remember that he took us up for a ride. And I was about to bleep myself. Oh. <laughs> I no, thank this you. Thing with no doors. I said this thing with no doors in my dad's lap. So that's real safe, you know. Oh, uh, no thanks. <laughs> no, I, I, we did the Disney thing. Not Disney, but Orlando. We did that one time. I had a bunch of guys over there. We're doing a job, and they were they been working their butts off. I, I paid for all of them. We went up in the helicopter, and uh, they take you. You can't fly over Disney. They got restricted airspace. They take, take you where you see Disney, Universal, Sea World. You know, all the, the, the highlights, they take you fly, fly around and fly over. This guy's kind of cool. But it's a big helicopter. You put the headsets on, all that crap, you know. So have you gotten your documentation from Florida State for your donation yet? The new one? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That started coming back in December. I got to tell you, they're on to something here. It looks like they're on you to know, something. It's funny you say that, because I was talking about yesterday, my buddy with the boosters called me, we were talking about some stuff, and I said, listen, man, I said, uh, if Norman wins 10 games again this year, he's going to get a race from somebody, either us or somebody else is going to hire him. And he goes, I think it's going to be okay. And then last night the news broke that he got the race. So he, I guess he already knew about it. He didn't want to say anything. Oh, you got to pay that rate. No question. Yeah, you can't pay a guy like that $4 million at a school like that. You know, it's not Miami, for goodness sakes. That what a train wreck that is. Right. That's how they, they call it. They call that guy Telemundo Willie <laughs> in Miami. <laughs> well, <laughs> after this recruiting class and all the hoopla, if he doesn't win with them, it's not happening. And I think maybe you know, cousin uh, Billy, if he he goes with four or five games again, he might be gone. Uh, they've got, they've got some issues, and the quarterback's going to be a problem. Well, they're making a big deal about Florida State had a ten million dollar surplus, and Florida lost by a million. But you know, Florida's in the SEC. That doesn't make a difference. You know, Florida's got SEC money. Right. Oh, I hear you. But that's that's why they play the games, right, buddy? Yeah. All right, man. Stay in touch. Have a great have a good one, man. I'll be back in Miami next week, so say a prayer for me. Bye. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, buddy. I'll see you. Allen in Tampa.
is going to be in Miami working for two months. You gonna be down there for spring? Yeah, he'll be down there for spring break. That'll be that'll be good. <laughs> I don't know if he's around that area, but he's gonna be down there. Allen's good people, man. Yes. If you don't know, when he has his suite at Florida State and he orders food and drinks, the chicken nuggets, which is just a little packet, is about 130 bucks. That's what it costs. I mean, if you're gonna be a booster somewhere. And you're going to go to the game in the suite and everything. That's probably a standard rate. Something that was probably worth $3, they get $130 for. It's what it costs, man. Cost of doing business. Market nice and happy and great. By the way, I was ready for it, too. Oh, I was ready. Sold them when we were talking with uh, Brian Driscoll. Easy. Candy from a baby. We'll be there tomorrow at the Omni. Omni Nashville Hotel. Looking forward to it. As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com, you can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville, Nashville's first curling venue is here. Grizz Nation. Make some big Memphis noise and don't miss your Grizzlies this Friday at 7 as they battle the Minnesota Timberwolves for their annual HBCU night celebrating Black History Month presented by Pinnacle Financial Partners. Arrive early as the first 5,000 fans will receive a Grizzlies scarf. Get hyped, get ready for a star-studded show and secure your tickets by calling 901-888-HOOP or shop online at grizzlies.com. From Middle Tennessee's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, Nashville Sports Radio. 
golfers. Tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Staunch Titans fan, season ticket holder, Tim yep. Kelly is OC. Your reaction? Oh, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, I hate that so Well, all right. Some more uh, tight end bubble screens, right? This sucks, man. Yeah, this is live reaction, dude. I had no idea. Yeah, trash, man. I hate it. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Number one college sports show on the planet, The Bill King Show. If you'll be with us, Kevin Hagan, he's back. And Brad, hour number three, if you happen to be around, come on by. Love to see you. Do like uh, Tiger Mike, man. Hadn't met Tiger Mike before. I've been on the radio with him, but I never met him. He came by. He was in town from the Emerald Coast. Happened to be around. Love to see you. Bunch to get to today. Yeah, we've had a good show. Fun conversations. Yeah, I think I think that 19 LSU team would be a tough matchup. Who brought that up? Or who brought that up earlier? I think I'm the one that brought that up. Josh is the one that brought up. Okay, what about Buckeyes 14, Georgia 22? He says, "Look, Bill Zeke. Zeke would be a problem. Yeah, Zeke's a problem whenever. I mean, that that goes without saying." But I I just that that'd be I think Georgia would be physically better in a matchup like that. Be fun. I mean we we'll never know, right? We'll we only have opinions on that. I do think the twenty two Georgia team would have a tough matchup with LSU. Brian Driscoll was just talking about it. Because that LSU team, I, I don't know if Joe Burrow and those receivers, I don't know that you can do better than that. Any year, any any time, any year. And Joe Brady involved too. I mean, that was just everything at its max, right? I don't know that you can flex off with offense and weaponry better than that. There's been a million good teams with a lot of good talent, right? I mean, 
that that list is endless. But that LSU group, that's a that's a generational mixture. It is. That's that's how good that is. That's generational. Jeff too. Bill going back, we were talking about helicopters and stuff. <laughs> well, the Kirby copter, but but most of them, well, a lot of them aren't as nice as the Kirby Copter. Going back to Leonard Skinner, Jeff Two says, the crash. Some eerie twists of fate for Aerosmith. Yeah, the Aerosmith flight crew or engineers or something had looked at that same plane that crashed beforehand, inspected it, and said, we're not going to use it. We don't We don't like it. It's And Leonard Skinner flying into Baton Rouge, they were going to upgrade. This This... Cessna or whatever it was, was, or Conair, is that what it was? Yeah, was, not Cessna, um, 30 years old, ran out of gas. I mean, all kinds of problems. It was rickety, and apparently they were going to buy a Learjet. They felt like being one of the best rock bands in the world, they deserved an upgrade, and they were going to do that upon landing, and, of course, never happened. That Artemis Pyle guy, we've talked about this, that, survived, crawled to a rancher's farm, and got shot. Jeff, too, says a friend of his mom was one of the nurses who took care of the surviving members of the band in that that whole crash. That was October of 77. Says, what about Florida State in 13? That would be interesting because you have Jameis Winston. That would be interesting. I, I I don't know, would that team physically, how would that team physically hold up with Georgia? Now, Jameis Winston's going to get his. There's no question, right? And that team, remember they got down big Dalburn, came back, and then drove at the end of the game and, and won the game. That's 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 the cliff notes of the game. There were a couple moments in the first half where I thought Florida State is one play away from being out of this thing. It's done. It's over. That's how one-sided it was early against that Auburn team. Josh up in Picktown by way of London. Buckeyes have the best receiver room in college football again next year. I'm not going to argue that. Tons of it. Yeah, tons of it. I I I agree with it. Now we got to go this spring. We got to figure out who your quarterback is. Somebody by the name of Kirby Copter just tweeted, "Bill, appreciate the shout out." So the Kirby Copter is communicating with the show right now. Tell you what, can we uh? Could you land the Kirby Copter on top of the Omni for commitments? That'd be a little extra side twist for our event in December every year. Yeah, if you could land the Kirby Copter on the Omni. Is there a flat surface? I know it's flat, but is there a surface big enough? I'll ask Todd tomorrow. Maybe they can land the uh, Kirby Copter up there. No, no, no. We're not going to let Armageddon fly the, the Kirby. That would be too dangerous. That's not happening. Not at all. Yeah, Cosby Cattleman tried to give you money yesterday. I, I, many of you didn't take the bait. I, I can't help you. 
being plus 10 and a half, and they won outright. Free money there. Free Dickel 12 money. We'll be on the road at the Omni tomorrow. Kevin Hagan, Ole Miss Evie, Brad, Lashpop.